Monsters will always exist. There's one inside each of us, but an angel lives there too. There is no more important agenda than figuring out how to slay one and nurture the other. Jacqueline Novogratz. You're listening to Jamie's Bits of Jam. You're listening to the Jamie's Bits of Jam, a monthly storytelling podcast where we share fiction stories, true personal stories, and poetry written by girls, women, ladies, broads, birds, and bricky brave gals. Each month we choose a new theme and collect stories based on that theme, written by you, our listeners, and us, your hosts, Christina and Cassie. This month's theme is Angel. Now you're my, or girl, you're my angel. You're, you're my, my darling, darling angel. Closer than my peeps you are to me. Is that the line? I think so. Peeps? I think it's peeps. It might not be peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see my peeps at Christmas. Christmas is like, is one of my favorite times of the year. Me too. Because like... Uh, since meeting my husband, he has a huge family, and mm-hmm. I, I have a small family, mm-hmm. so it was never really a huge deal. Like Christmas is always a huge deal, right. but like now that like I have such a bigger family, yeah, I am like so addicted to like Thanksgiving and Christmas, <laughs> but more so Christmas because you get the presents. You get the presents. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I am fortunate enough to be. Um, best friends with everyone in my family. So, my siblings and my parents. Um, so, when we get together, it's like just like the best time ever. And added on like the joy of Christmas. I love Christmas because I love the idea of almost the entire world coming together for one thing. And, um,. And you don't even have to be religious to enjoy it or celebrate it or see how special it is. So, I love that. I love that, too. Yeah. And you defined it so perfectly in words I never would have put together myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, Yeah. but I always... Did you have a star or an angel on top of your tree when you were little? Uh, We had both when I was little. My favorite, however, was this uh, very simple angel. Mm Mm-hmm. My my parents... We had a star forever, and then my parents got an angel, um, but it, like, lit up different... It lights up different colors. Okay. And I can't remember... I think I was calling it, like... The Jersey Shore or Snooky's Angel or something because it was so gaudy and ridiculous. Like I was like, what are we a, like in a big Italian family in Jersey? Like it's so gaudy. It's just like not us at all. But my parents love it. So and that's what matters. Yeah, that's what matters. I miss the star. <laughs> we were a simple star family, and now we're ridiculous. And we sent out to all of our listeners a call for angel stories because, you know, angels are so prevalent in everyone's lives, and we got nothing back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to, you know... We have plenty of angel ideas, you guys. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry. We got you. We got you this month. We got that angel thing (laughs) covered. Not even a big deal. So our gift to you this month is two angel stories. 
Written by us. Merry frigging Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're so unthinkable. <laughs> so awful. No, we love it. We really do. <laughs> yeah, no, we're... It's okay. It doesn't... I love writing these stories, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, me too. First up, we have a story by Christina Kishpaw, entitled The Celestial Bet. She's lonely. She has friends. She has family. But she's alone. Her parents have each other. Her siblings have all found their own loves. Her friends marry off one by one. And she stands, singular, in a room full of pears. Don't worry, they always say. He'll appear suddenly one day and you'll wonder what you were so worried about. So far, he has failed to appear. She'd meet someone and never lasted more than two dates. She'd catch someone's eye. He'd make some moves to make her think she could finally relax into something. No follow through. She pretends like it isn't a big deal. That the one thing almost every damn song on the radio is about has eluded her entirely isn't constantly on her mind. People find other people. That's how the world goes round, how we grow and change as a species. She is nice, pretty, funny, and a caring girl. She has a lot of love to give, and she yearns for that in her life. She thinks it must be some celestial joke. Maybe the angels have a long-standing office pool. They gathered together with their halos and their harps, and the bastards decided that she, out of all the people in the whole world, they would do everything in their power to keep her from achieving what seems to come so naturally to the rest of mankind. That if she dies without knowing what romantic love is, most of them will get 50 bucks. A ridiculous idea, no? The extremely vapid sentiments of a privileged girl in California. She should be ashamed for thinking that celestial beings would even give that much of a hoot about her at all. In reality, she doesn't, though. Her mind may run wild with silly theories on why love has passed her by, but she always comes up with one final conclusion about the angels and her love life, especially that one called Cupid. She is alone because Cupid has forgotten her. Her time on this earth will be spent alone because her name somehow didn't get on his list. She is invisible to his arrows. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be bet against than forgotten completely. Our last story is by Cassie Soliday, entitled EV39. EV39 has been waiting, but she can't remember on what. In her front pocket of her jumper, she keeps a live frog that she found hopping through the sandbox, ideal company for an empty and lonely playground. He had more to say than Evie 39 Let's go to that creek. I love the creek, the frog said. EV39 nodded solemnly and slowly walked down the hillside leading away from the playground and the still swing set. They pass trees that have no form, a vague impression of browns and greens against the white background. 
There is no grass, only a white space. And then they reach the small bridge overlooking a creek in full color brilliance. It's the only space besides the playground that is focused in detail. I love the creek, the frog said again. EV39 sat the frog on the ledge of the bridge and stepped up onto the side to look over into the water. There was a huge face looking back at her through it. She fell backwards onto the bridge, hands against the grain of the old wood. She couldn't feel it, however, she had no sensation for touch. She was just there. The frog jumps to rotate towards her. Don't you know them? EV39 shakes her head no. I think you do, says the frog, jumping to rotate back towards a view of the water. Look again, patient EV39. She stands up and dusts herself off, even though no dust exists in this space. She steps onto the bridge again and looks over. They see a sad man staring at them, face worn with a drying path that tears must have fell from. His eyes down the canal near his nose and over his cheeks. Who is that? asks the frog. EV39 shakes her head. She doesn't know. I feel like you should know. The man looks behind him as a woman approaches. She reaches out her hand, surpassing the screen that EV39 and the frog can see bringing brown hair into screen. Naughty brown hair that needs washing badly, like EV39's. The frog glances from the image projected in the still stream to the little girl. EV39 blinks as she watches the woman. A tiny arm reaches out from behind her, holding a stuffed toy frog, and a little boy comes into frame. EV39 looks at her frog friend, who was beside her, but is no longer there. She takes a look at her surroundings. It's fading away. If it had been an impression made from memories before, it was disappearing now. She hurried off the bridge and headed down toward the stream, the bridge disappearing the moment she left it. Frog wanted her to see this stream. Frog wanted her to remember who these people were. The only thing she remembers is Frog and this little boy is holding a toy frog. Three people stand close together at the side of white sheets. The man and woman let the little boy sit, the frog, on the bed, the mother lifting a tiny hand with a hospital bracelet from the sheets and putting it on top of the soft, stuffed frog. The frog was soft. EV39 could feel it. She looks at her hands and twiddles her fingers. In the stream, like a reflection, the tiny fingers of the tiny hand that lies atop the stuffed frog also twiddled. The three jump for joy. EV39 was waiting on something, but she couldn't remember what. This has been the Jammy's Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast. Episode produced in sunny Los Angeles, California by Christina Kishpaw and Cassie Soliday with music by Grace Sai. Follow us on Facebook at Jammy's Bits of Jam Podcast or on Twitter at Bits O Jam Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share this episode with your friends and rate us on iTunes. With your help, we can promote the unique voices of women everywhere. Check out our upcoming themes. And if you feel a spark, consider contributing to the show with your own story. We accept short fiction, nonfiction, or poetry. Here at Jamie Spits of Jam, we believe that every woman has a unique voice. Our mission is to build a platform in which to share these voices, and that is why every writer retains the rights to their story. You're welcome.
And thank you. And thank you. <laughs> For more information, please email jammiestbits at gmail.com. Until next time, keep writing and embracing the most important thing that you have, your voice. If you had a guardian angel, what would their name be? Dang. I don't know. What would yours be? Stella. I think mine would be Makiko. Makiko? I don't know why. It just what came to mind. What the frick? It just came to mind. Who the f- Where? How? Where I don't did even you know. come up with that? I don't even know. Is that a real name? Yeah. It's did a Japanese name, I think. Oh. I've seen it somewhere. Your guardian angel would be Japanese? I think so, yeah. I really want to go to Japan. <laughs> and I think I think she would lead me there. Safely. To, to the, the Olympics. Grudge house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that to be my guardian angel anymore. <laughs>